What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on Shardog.com. My name is Sean Sheehan, and we're coming towards the end of the year, so it's time to start reviewing the year. And uh, I did this last year, and I decided to do it again because I thought it was uh, an interesting way of looking back uh, at the year for each promotion. So I'm going to do uh, reviews for the likes of Bellator PFL um, and others, and uh, we will uh, we, we will see how it goes because I think it's it's, it's interesting, like, I went back and I, wa- I I looked at these videos from last year and I think it's an interesting look at how we not only remember the year previous but how uh, it felt at the time because sometimes we can look back and MMA we can see results and uh, you know it's it, it's somewhat deceiving at times but this is this is a unique one <laughs> because it's Bellator and as we know you know if we're going to look back in in 5 years maybe at this video this was the year that Bellator went defunct, basically. It was bought by PFL. They're going to continue to run it as Bellator, and we'll talk more about that uh, towards the end of the show because the way I like to do this is kind of just a general discussion of the year to start with, and then I'm going to go through um, some, if not all, the events and look out for just uh, title fights, big occurrences during the year and things like that. And then I'm going to name my fighter of the year. So I'm going to name a Bellator fighter of the year. I think it's a pretty straightforward on this year. Although maybe it isn't, but it is for me. And it's this, let me say as well, this is the Sheehan Shaw fighter of the year. Um, so maybe some people wouldn't agree with it, but for me, uh, this fighter was, was the standout fighter of the year. I just hope I don't forget to do that towards the end of the show. Anyway, let's start with the quick review of the year. And this is... This is just my personal review as well because some people f- look at Bellator and, and all promotions and look at them in a very different way. Like my, uh, a spoiler alert here, but my uh, <laughs> my review of the UFC I don't think is going to be as positive as my review of the, the Chasing Back, P- PFL, Bellator, One Championship and others, Cage Warriors. It's, it's not going to be as positive because I don't think... It has been as positive a year for a fan experience and the person covering the sport experience covering it. But for Bellator, for me covering the sport, having been to, uh, how many, two Bellator events? It's weird because the PFL event last week felt like a, <laughs> like a Bellator event. But I've enjoyed covering Bellator this year a lot. Um, the last few months... Maybe not as much because of the, the speculation over the, the purchase and everything like that. And it just kind of made it a little bit awkward, especially being at the event. And you're not knowing, like, oh, is this the last time I'm ever going to, like, talk to this person or see him or, or deal with him at an event from a, you know, from a professional point of view? It, that That's difficult and that's not nice, you know. But at the same time, we, we can park that for a second. I think if you look at Bellator last year... Uh, in in terms of 2022 and uh, now in terms of 2023, I think it was a significantly better year in terms of fights, right? I think 2022 and and probably a bit of 2021 as well, there was an issue with Bellator putting on some very good fights, but those fights not necessarily delivering, right? And I I remember saying at the time, I don't know whether I said it on on this show or maybe I tweeted or wherever I said it, um... That's not necessary. It's not at all Bellator's fault. It wasn't the matchmaker's fault, Scott Coker, Mike Hogan, whoever it might be. They actually put on some really good matches. They just weren't delivering. And they were the right matches to put on, right? So it's not as if they're making some wild match for a title or something like that and it's just the wrong matchup and all that. It was the, the next guy in line. Uh, they deserved it. 
and it just didn't work out. That that seemed like it was the case for a long time for Bellator. And that's not that's not just kind of idle speculation or like, oh, that's the way I think of them. I think negatively of them. I was covering them week in, week out, and that's that's just the way it was for a while. That wasn't the case this year. Now, there was obviously a few, and we'll, we'll go through them, as, as I mentioned, and we'll uh, we'll get to some of those. But <laughs> this, this year it felt like more of the fights delivered, the tournaments delivered, uh, especially one of them. Obviously, one of, one of them is still ongoing, kind of. Um, the championship fights delivered, a, a good few of them. We had some massive shocks. We had, you know, some of the best champions losing. We had some new people emerging. And I think it was a really good year for Bellator. And I, I love as well the structure of Bellator cards, where they have the big fights at the very top, yeah, you know, they have the contenders and all of that. And then they have the your likes, your Cody Laws and, and other people on the way up who maybe are five and oh, you know, six and one, eight and oh type of thing. The, the young up and comers, a lot of them wrestlers, a lot of them hot prospects and stuff on the way up. And I really like that out of Bellator. I really like how Bellator structure their cards, how they give young fighters chances the way they do, and how they actually match make those young fighters as well to bring them to the level now. They've, look, they've made mistakes along the way. Obviously, Aaron Pico and, and things like that. But look, Aaron Pico's bouncing back now as well. Um, uh, for me, overall, that was the only gripe I had with them last year in terms of the fights themselves, and that you know that to me, as someone who um, has obviously has covered, I think that went away a little bit. Now, as I said, it, it won't always go away. You'll always have a great fight on paper that turns out to be a stinker, and maybe the other way around as well. But that felt like it was happening too much to Bellator, and but not this year. Um, we the, usually I do a longer intro in terms of how the year went, uh, but I feel like the outro will be a bit of a longer one here because of. Um, because of the circumstances. So we'll get to the events here <coughs> and go through some of them. And the first event um, kind of shocked me on who was in it. But before we get to that, so there was 12 and a half Bellator events this year. There was the 12 events and then the, the Risen co-promotion. Um, and it, it, it felt kind of like there was less, if you get me. And I, when, I, when I, someone said to me, there was uh, eight Bellator events coming up. Well, someone said to me, when I heard the news, there was eight PFL, PFL Bellator events uh, happening. Uh, I was like, oh, well, you know, that's around the same as Bellator. I mean, it's like, okay, there's 50% more. It's, it's, on a, it's massive, but like, it, it is a difference. And I think we'll notice it this year as well. Um, but, you know, they basically put on, they didn't start until February the uh, 2nd. I'm just looking at it here. Uh, February the 4th, sorry. So, like, there, there was a good uh, a good chunk of the year there taken out uh, and uh, you know they obviously ended on uh, on November the 17th so you know they, they basically had a what a nine month year and put on 12 and a half 13 events so uh, there's not too much complaining about that we, we saw a lot of fights this year in Bellator right let's go through it so let's start at Bellator 290 which happened as I said in February 4th in uh, in Inglewood California and the main event here was Brian Bader, did I call him Brian? Ryan Bader against Fedor Emelianenko. If you would ask me when the last time Fedor fought, I would have told you, I don't know, like 2019 or something. I was like, this fight happened so long ago. And, you know, obviously, you know, with with, uh, uh, with Bader and somewhat Fedor, Fedor as well, um, the fights blend into one, maybe... 
and in fact Fedor and Bader did fight in 2019 as well so maybe that's a part of a thing and uh, as well and maybe we kind of flushed this fight from uh, you know from our memory but Bader came in and basically took out Fedor pretty quickly here the standoff fight on that night I suppose was Johnny Eblen against Anatoly Tokov um, you know Eblen was clearly the better fighter uh, in that fight there's no doubt about it and he is one of the stars this year uh, and he's definitely in the running I, I mentioned I have a clear view of who was my fighter of the year um, and I won't, I won't tell you that right now but there is probably three people in the running and Eblen is definitely one of them definitely one of them he's had a, he's had a great year he's one of their top fighters he is one of the uh uh the best guys in in uh in the world in uh, middleweight without a shadow of a doubt but pound for pound is all i really read johnny eblin i think he's a fantastic fighter um elsewhere in this card as well it'll be remembered for the great fight between brennan ward and sabaho massey where brennan ward got the finish there um a, a knockout that people might not remember uh, Lorenz Larkin versus Mohamed Berkhamov. I I've been keeping a list all year, and I've actually done it this year of like my favorite knockouts, um, and and all of that. And this was one of the first ones on the list. Uh, elbow KO from Lorenz Larkin over Mohamed Berkhamov. Um, there was a big a big uh, underdog win as well for Henry Corrales here against uh, Ahmed Magomedov. I believe I called that in the betting show as well. I know one person recently told me I did. Um, but yeah, so those those were the, the kind of the stands out there. We also had the draw between Ali Asiev and Steve Mowry, which probably would have been the number one contender fight for the heavyweight division. It didn't turn out that way. Uh, Darian Caldwell lost to Nikita Mikhailov on that as well, and Eamon Gracie got a win over uh, over Dante Shero. So all in all, that was a that was a pretty good card, and I uh, wonder you look back on it and go, oh yeah, well at the time it was pretty good. The main event, the main event obviously was the main event, and the co-main event wasn't an amazing fight, but it was a dominant win. For uh, for Johnny Eblen against a good opponent and Anatoly Tokov, uh, then there was Bellator two nine one, which was in the beautiful country of Ireland, um, and honestly, I, I sat there and watched Yaroslav Amosov versus Logan Storley, and I thought to myself that I don't think I've ever seen a better fighter fight live in Ireland. You know, I've seen obviously McGregor before. I suppose he got to his uh, his pomp when he was um, beating uh, Diego Brando was obviously very good there and you know we've seen Yoel Romero and we've seen Benton Henderson and others as well uh but the way Amosov fought and dominated in that fight was truly spectacular and maybe you know maybe people say Ashani he lost to Jason Jackson and he just Jason Jackson destroyed him he did but Jason Jackson's a very good fighter as well I don't think that should take anything away from how good Amosov looked on that night and uh it's it's one of those fights I'll remember forever because of the 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 nature of it and how dominant he actually was um the other side of it then <coughs> this wasn't an amazing night for irish mma but it was uh in terms of all the wins but it was a good night in terms of the crowd that was not as big as usual but i think popped a lot for an amazon in the main event um and do you know what as well just a, a brief thing on irish MMA, because irish mma is so important i think for Bellator, and we saw PFL uh, a couple of weeks ago, and into the future as well. Um, I think P if PFL are, are smart, and, and the future of Bellator as well, if they're smart, I think Ireland is a big part of it. I saw Luke Thomas tweeting, you know, Irish crowds make the promotion look their best. And I really, and I, obviously I'm a little bit biased here, being Irish and in Ireland, um, but... I think that is right. Like when you have Luke, Luke is not Irish, you know, he's, he's American. He's saying that 
it is true. And I think what they have to do is be very careful with the Irish market. They have to give a few Irish people big fights, but also the up-and-comers and even the very, you know, the younger fights, fighters, I think they have to match them in winnable fights when they're in Ireland more so. And I joked about this the other day on and, and one of the podcasts. I'm like, you know, give them dustbin men or something, but... I I really think you have to safeguard Ireland an awful lot um, because it's not been an easy time. As you see a lot of the Irish fighters, you see, like say, the likes of Peter Quigley, who got to a title shot, the likes of Jens Gallagher, who was ranked not too long ago, the likes of Pedro Carvalho, who's you know towards the top of the rankings, Sinead Cavan and Liam McCord. Because they have done well, they're getting tough fights and they're losing some of those fights. And that's, that's only natural in mixed martial arts. But it's tough when you keep coming back to arena and in... Not all, but some of those fighters are losing all the time. It's it's very it's it's just tough. It's tough on a fan base. It really, really is. But at the same time, I think Irish people are very, very uh, happy to have high level mixed martial arts coming. We saw it to be a fell card. There was five thousand people, which is a pretty good crowd. Um, but looking back at this card, it was one of those where it was it was a bit of a mixed card. You know, you had the Jeremy Kennedy Pedro Carvalho fight. Obviously, Pedro um, is is from Portugal, but he's training out of Ireland and all. He was kind of the top Irish guy on it. He ended up losing a pretty pretty drab fight, but credit Jeremy Kennedy, he did what he needed to do. Uh, Peter Queeley got finished in that fight. You know, we spoke to him um, before his next fight, and he was kind of saying he wasn't himself. He was carrying injuries, and everyone kind of knew he was kind of carrying injuries. But credit to Bryce Logan as well. But at the same time, Peter Queeley, you know, the the biggest star probably for, uh, for Bellator in Ireland over the last while, and to lose that, and then what happened in the fight, after that, which we'll talk about later on, was, was probably a big blow. But you did have great wins for Sinead Cavanaugh. You did have great wins for Carl Moore uh, and Kieran Clark. For Carl Moore, you know, Carl Moore should, in my opinion, be the number one contender at 205 now, whether that's going to happen or, or not, whether 205 division is going to even exist. But, like, he has had a great uh, time when he beat Magic Rosansky there. Um, we saw Norbert Navini on this card as well, in my opinion, uh, one of the top two to three prospects in the world in mixed martial arts. This guy is... Uh, is is different gravy, but um, there was also some good wins. Brian Moore got a win there. Richie Smullen got a win. Derek Kelly. So it was a good night for Irish MMA overall. Look, look at Mag Adam. Maybe we looked a little bit negatively on it at the time because of maybe the, the the top two guys lost. But on the undercard, you know, Kenny McAhanna got a win as well there. So it was a pretty good night for Irish MMA all told. When you look at all of those people, a good win as well. Kazan Magomed Sharapov. It was good to see him on that card as well. So um, yeah, that was a pretty enjoyable one. And as I said, the main event was something that. Will will live a long time for me, even though you know, maybe for some people it might have soured since because of Amosov losing, but not not for me, not for me personally. Then we moved on to Belter two nine two, um, Islam, uh, sorry, Usman uh, Nurmagomedov against uh, Benson Henderson, and uh, honestly, this I think was Usman's coming out party in a way. Um, I remember whether it was the previous show or the betting show talking about this coming in. And I remember saying to myself, like, this is going to be a more long, drawn-out fight. Because we'd seen some of them from Usman against opponents. But when we didn't there, I remember, I, I think I didn't stay up to watch this live. I remember I watched it the next morning. I might have got spoiled on it or something. I remember thinking, oh, this fight ended in the first, this fight ended in the first round. He finished him. That's no mean feat. So this was a, a massive win for Usman and Nurmagomedov um, on, uh, you know, on, on the card as well with... You know, the, the likes Shabli, who is, is still there in the tournament and all. You know, the tournament fights, obviously, were, were getting going. And uh, 
the lightweight division has has been popping for a good while for for Bellator, but I think especially this year he beat Messiah of the Chabli, who's looked very good. Then Linda Vassell, uh, probably one of the shocks of the year, beat Valentin Moldovsky, um, knocked him out with punches and elbows. Brilliant, brilliant win for him. MVP fought and got. I think this is my knockout of the year in Bellator. I, 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 I was deciding whether I'd give a finish of the year and a fighter of the year. I'm just giving a fighter of the year. But if I had to pick one, this would be my finish of the year. An unbelievable knee-bursting kick by MVP. Um, and that's where in the card as well. There wasn't a whole lot, I, I would say, of stuff. One fighter that maybe stuck out was Enrique Barzola, who beat Eric Perez. He's always fun. you know. So um, that card... I think the main event delivered, and it was one of those cards. Whether whether it was where it was the year before, I don't think maybe the main event would de- would have delivered. And I thought the main event before with Amosov that delivered too because of how good Amosov actually was, even though it maybe wasn't the best fight in the world. So um, that was an immediate changing in the card there. I think for Bellator, then you two nine three, not a standout card by any means. You know, you Daniel James and Marcelo gone uh, in the main event. James got the finish there in the third round. Um, it was. It was a, I remember thinking if this fight goes past the round, it's going to be not great. But it turned out to be not a bad fight. Um, Katzengano Liam McCord fight was also a very good fight. You know, one that turned on one shot towards the end of the third round where Kat landed a shot and cut Leo open. And that's that was the winning and losing of the fight. Uh, it, it, or it felt like that anyway. I think when you go back and, and review the, the scores, it might be slightly differently, but it felt like that. But it also felt like Liam McCourt has, has raised her levels here to fight someone like Kat Singana, and we'll see what happened with Leah later in the year and Kat as well. But um, that was a very good fight, very, very good fight. Um, a bit of an underdog win as well for John Salter, I believe, against Aaron Jeffrey. Uh, although I kind of half fancied him going into that one, Luke Trainer looked very good as well in the light heavyweight division. And my guy Raheem Cleveland, who I always fancy for an upset, got one here against Christian Edwards. There's also the um, immersion, I suppose, of Sarah Collins, who is, uh, in my opinion, a future 145 pound champion in Bellator or BFL or wherever it might be. Um, I think she's very, very, very good. Um, there was a win for um, Vladimir Tokov against Lance Gibson Jr. there as well on uh, that one. Then we moved on to Bellator 294, which went down in Hawaii. And, you know, when these fights happen in Hawaii, they're always, uh, always special. And this one, you know, was was no different. But they had this was the, the, the double... Uh, Hawaii card, wasn't it? Yeah, so April 21st and 22nd, indeed, was Bellator 294 and then Bellator 295. In the main event of 294, Liz Carmouche beat Deanna Bennett. Uh, like, Liz Carmouche is right up there as well for Fighter of the Year. Um, she's probably, you know, two of the three for me. Um, this one, obviously, the, the, the weight miss and everything like that, but... Liz went in and got the job done. And on the next night, um, Elimele went in and got the job done, which was absolutely massive for uh, for Bellator. I almost called him PFL there. But there was lots of very good wins and important wins as well, I think, for Bellator in this. The two of them obviously standing out uh, in that. I think the win for Danny Sabatella to get him back on track. Same for Sarah McMahon to put her towards uh, the, the title run, and we'll see how that goes uh, in a second. Um, but also on, on 295, Aaron Pico 
to get over James Gonzalez. Mads Burnell got a good win. Kaikamaka, who had a great year, probably the up-and-comer of the year, I would say, in Bellator. There was a lot of a lot of just important good wins there for for Bellator and for what they would want to get the top of their division. Something which wasn't, as I said again, wasn't happened in the year previous. Um the main event delivered 294 and in 295 it was a fantastic fight uh, or a fantastic win I should say that only lasted a minute and 20 for for Patchy Mix and I don't think anyone will be too surprised to, to hear that Patchy is also one of the people who is in the mix for fighter of the year what a year he had obviously we'll get to the rest of his results here in a second but to go in there and do that to Rafi and Sass like for me Rafi and Sass was the favourite for the Bantamweight tournament. I thought he was going to be uh, the guy. And obviously, you know, we had the the title on the line here, the interim title on the line because of uh, of Sergio Venice and the injury and everything like that. And we had a bit, a bit of weirdness there for a while because Sergio was fighting Patricio and then there was two titles and then there was the, <laughs> the tournament title and it all felt a bit weird, but it evened itself out by the end of the year. But, <laughs> you know, you're talking about some of the the best finishes of the year. This was up there as well in terms of I, I always like I always like the meaningfulness of some of these finishes. And when you finish Rafion Stotts in eighty seconds, you have announced yourself as a different level of fighter. And uh, I I think that was a major major win. Uh, and just the the Liz Carmouche one as well. Like for Liz, the story is is epic. Like the first ever woman to step inside the octagon. You know. It didn't happen for her, obviously, against Ronda Rousey. She looked like she was becoming kind of the mid-tier UFC fighter, decided to go to Bellator, climbed her way up, won the title, and has defended her multiple times now. It's been a smashing story and a smashing year for uh, for Liz Carmouche. And do you know what? I'm delighted to see it. She seems like a great person, and it's it's uh, it's absolutely brilliant for her. Um, then Bellator 296, they went to the Accor Arena in Paris, France, uh, in May. And this was a fight between... Uh, Fabian Edwards and Gegard Mousasi in the main event. Maybe not the best fight in the world, but a brilliant performance again from Fabian Edwards. And I was, I was critical of this matchmaking because I, I look, I was critical while thinking, okay, that could be a very good fight. But Fabian was on the verge of a title shot, and you're putting him in there against Mousasi, who had who had lost not too long ago. Now it worked out for them, um, and they're smarter than me, so I will, uh, I will leave it at that. But uh, you know, uh, as I remember it. A very good performance. Gegard didn't look amazing, but Fabian really took that fight and to go five rounds like that and win was was fantastic. We had uh, Primus and, and Barnoui, which was uh, a bit of a shock, I suppose, to me and maybe some other people, but Barnoui has looked great and looked bad, I think, in some fights, although Primus is never an, an easy guy to, to look good against. But, um, yeah, I think he will be one of the major disappointments for Bellator this year. Uh, Douglas Lima beating Costello Vancinas as well. Like, if you're looking at that middleweight division, you're looking for contenders. You know, Douglas Lima winning that is probably, you know, the opposite of Fabian uh, beating Musasi, where Costello Vancinas, who had beaten Fabian, was one of those guys who should be in line for a title shot. And it, it just didn't happen because of that. Um, outside of that, Denise Keelholz, who always puts on fun fights, got a unanimous decision win. We saw uh, there was a no contest between Davy Gallon and, uh, and, and Saul Rogers that was overturned and then we had uh, Tim Wilde getting a win who had a great year Eve Landu uh, uh, Asselis Juge as well who's without a shadow of a doubt one of the top prospects coming through he fought um, on the, the Dublin card as well if I'm not mistaken and uh, he looks uh, a very very good prospect Bellator 297 then 
uh, was the first time Nimkov was seen this year against Joel Romero, and this was one of those ones that wasn't a classic fight. Uh, Joel didn't really do much, uh, and this was uh, very much a fight from the year before. But what we had before that in the co-main event was an epic performance from Sergio Pettis. He took Patricio Pitbull apart, five rounds of domination for... I got, you know, Patricio came down and he did not look bad at all. Uh, I thought he looked in shape, um, but he just couldn't work against Pettis. Like, Pettis was a better technical fighter. I don't even think it was necessarily a speed thing. Speed definitely played a part in it, but I think he was a better technical fighter and showed a great level in that fight. And uh, that was that was probably the standout Bellator fight of the year for me. There were maybe better finishes and maybe, you know, better... Um, Obviously, better finish. This wasn't a finish, but there were big finishes and big moments. But this, to me, is the one. If you were to ask me, if, you know, if you show me ten fights from this year and tell me the one I remember uh, in in five years' time, I think this will be the one I will remember. I really, really enjoyed this fight, and re- you know, I, I like Patricia and I like Pettis, but to do what Pettis did in this fight, I think was I thought was spectacular, absolutely brilliant. Uh, Corey Anderson beat. Um, Phil Davis on this card as well, you'd wins for Sakaram, uh, Crutchmere, Mike Hamill, and a few more as well. Timur Kizriev uh, beat Richie Smullen. He's a very good fighter, is uh, Kizriev, as is Ramazan Kordamagomedov, who got a win here as well, uh, as did Norbert Navinia Jr., my guy, one of the top prospects in the world. Um, but, you, you know, you had the likes of Archie Algan, Jordan Newman, Cody Law as well, the prospects coming through, all getting wins in this card too. Then we had the Bellator versus Risen. Um amalgamation, cross-promotion card. Uh, Patricky uh, got the win here in the main event against uh, Roberto uh, Satoshi. Um, Magomed Magomedov beat Danny Sabatello on that card. Andre Karishkov beat uh, Lorenz Larkin via split decision. And um, there was an eye but in the Haraguchi fight on that as well. Kanaman Atabe beat uh, Veta uh, Artega in that one. Don't, like, I, I've, I've felt... Me personally, now I know a lot of people disagree with me, and this is the Sheehan and John. This is from my point of view, but the Bellator versus Risen cards—they never really took my imagination. I think this one is obviously in July, but I think the fact that they were at a, a very awkward time for me, uh, and the New Year's cards—it's just not for me. I, I, I know some people love New Year's; they're at home and they're watching. I hate New Year's cards. I like. MMA is the last thing I want to look at, look at New Year's Eve. And I know, I, I think the vast majority would disagree with me on that, but I'm this is just my me personally. And I don't know, it's it's kind of put me off the Bellator versus Risen. So now maybe, maybe it'll happen again, who, who knows? But um, yeah, I've just, it, it've been those sort of cards I haven't tuned in for live, watching them back and, you know, watching them back is not the same. Um, the Bellator 298... Um, Logan Storley against Brendan Ward again maybe not the most memorable one Logan Storley just a far superior fighter at this stage of their careers we had uh, Moldovsky against Maori uh, which was a, a bit of an odd fight that one if memory serves me correctly and then Moldovsky won you know again a result that Bellator probably wouldn't have uh, have wanted there James Galler got a very good win split decision there against a good opponent in James Gonzalez it'll be interesting to see what next year holds for uh, for James Galler and then you know again the, the likes of Lucas Brennan the likes of um, uh, Vladimir Tokov, Alfie Davis, Sullivan Cawley, up-and-comers getting good wins, John, uh, Jordan Oliver as well uh, on that card. But that wasn't, you know, maybe a standout card. Um, then we had the trip back to Ireland for the, the third 
to final card of the year. Johnny Eblen in the main event against Fabian Edwards. And again, this was um, a phenomenal performance from, from Johnny uh, Eblen to kind of... And when I say phenomenal performance, more, more of a phenomenal fight, I suppose, than a phenomenal performance. Fabian Edwards is doing well. Um, I, I remember hearing Johnny backstage after, and I, I need to pull up the cards, but... um. I remember him uh, saying, "Like what? Uh, so a, a judge, uh, a, a judge gave me uh, gave a round against me, and let me let me just pull up the uh, the card here. We'll have it. He was apoplectic that uh, <laughs> that that was a thing, and maybe I won't actually be able to find the cards because I didn't go to the decision. But anyway." It was a close fight. It was a very fun fight. Fabian was landing his shots, and it was kind of a shocking one when Eblen landed the big shot, put him out, and uh, and got the win. And and shocking in the moment, maybe not shocking in terms of who was going to win the fight or anything like that, but I really enjoyed that fight. So the two main events in Ireland this year really delivered for me, and no Irish guy, obviously, in either of them, and different two different types of fights as well. Um, but... The middleweight division, like the middleweight division worldwide, isn't great. But when Johnny Eblen is your champion and a very good champion, and he's fighting Fabian Edwards, who's a very good challenger, and winning in in a fashion he did in a sort of fight he did, that's exactly what you want. Um, the other thing as well, I feel like Johnny Eblen emerged as a bit of a character, because I remember it was it was the the Bellator card before that in Dublin. He was there, and we interviewed him, and it was. Not tough to get answers from him. He wasn't really saying much. I was like, oh, would you like to fight this sort of guy? And he was like, yeah, maybe in the future. You know, we weren't getting much out of him. But then he came here and, you know, he was answering questions. He was funny before and afterwards. I I, I really think that was a kind of a turning point for Johnny Eblen. And uh, he's a guy whose fights I'll always look forward to after that. Uh, On the undercard then, again, a tough night for Irish MMA. An even tougher night, I suppose. You know, Pedro Carvalho again lost against Aaron Pico. Again, a very tough matchup. And Sinead Cavanaugh lost a split decision uh, against Sarah Collins. I mentioned Collins earlier. She's one of the standout up-and-comers of this year. There's no doubt about that. Uh, And Sinead Cavanaugh, you know, Sinead Cavanaugh, the last time she fought before that, uh, or maybe was it two times before that, she won and she was promised a title fight. And it must be it must be tough. You know, Sinead is, is not the youngest now either, you know, to have to fight so many times uh, after being promised a title shot just because, like, you got an injury in that fight. Seems a little bit unfair. Now you lose this fight. Where are you? Now you're, you're talking about Leah fighting for the title and Sinead has beaten Leah. So very, very tough spot for her um, at this stage of her career. And I, I really hope that... There is, and we'll talk about the future in a second. Maybe we'll get to that, but I really hope to do a women's tournament next year with a mixture, and I hope Sinead Cavan is in it because I think she can bring a lot to it. But outside of that, then we had Mads Burnell and Vichel uh, in a relatively forgettable fight, a lovely knockout for Levin Koscielny, the Peter Queeley fight again in no contest, you know, the massive walkout and everything. And then we had, you know, some people argued it could have been a, a DQ, um... You know, I'd, I'd argue that way myself, to be honest. Um, Charlie Ward lost to uh, Baben on this card. But Kieran Clark, again, we talk about top prospects, definitely a top prospect in um, in Bellator. He's done such a good job over the last while. Derek Kelly has been improving uh, all the time. He beat Zelly Zegers on this. Um, Brian Moore, unfortunately, picked up a loss in this one. But Asel Juge got a win as well. And, uh, you know, he just keeps on winning as a sell. But for Irish MMA this year, I think... Um, it was it was tough in terms of the the results, but I think it was great in terms of the two events really 
popped and were really good. And I think the PFL event that came in was was really good as well. But we'll obviously talk about that in the PFL, um, uh, you know, uh, year review. Uh, Bellator, Bellator 300 and then Bellator 301 were the last two cards. It felt almost like they were backwards. <laughs> it felt like the Bellator 300 event should have been the, the 301 event. But anyway, um, the Usman or Magomedov fight was overturned. Uh, against Bryn Primus, and we we you know we discussed that before, and we we haven't heard much about it. They're, they're like it was a prescription drug that he didn't have a prescription for, or whatever it might be. Uh, not not that he didn't have a prescription, he didn't have the uh, what what are they called an exemption? Is that it? Um, but yeah, look, we'll we'll see what happens. I suppose there's, Don Davis has a bit of work to be doing on that one. Uh, but then we had uh, Chris Cyber beating Katzengana just. A destruction there again, as was Liz Carmouche against Alimina. That didn't end until the fifth round, but it ended a long time before that for anyone who watched the fight. Um, massive win for Liam McCourt, as well. I mentioned Leah earlier against Sarah McMahon to finish her in the first round. That was huge for Leah. And you know, if there's a number one contender now in Bellator in that women's division, she is it. Obviously, it's going to be tough with Kayla and Pacheco and all of that with Cyborg, but massive win for her uh, in that one. Kai Kamaka got another great win there. Um, Mohamed Barkimov looked good this year, got another win as well. So uh, the 301 card was good, but the, or sorry, the 300 card was good, but the 301 card was uh, probably the card of the year, I, I would say, from, from bottom to the top. You know, you had my, my guy Cody Law, Tim Wilde got a big win, Islam Mamedov beat uh, Kilis Mala, uh, Ramazan Kuramagomedov again, Got a good win. Kerry Melendez is on the card. Timur Kizriev, top prospect, got a, a great win there. And then Shabley obviously beat Patricky. AJ McKee uh, got a win over Sydney Outlaw. And then the top three fights delivered. Stotts against Sabatello. That might be my fight of the year in Bellator. I thought that was a phenomenal fight. Absolutely loved it. And then the top two fights were uh, were shocking and brilliant and Fantastic in, in in everywhere. Patchy Mix beat Sergio Pettis. Just decimated him. I, I picked Pettis going into that fight, and I was just completely and utterly wrong. Patchy Mix has gone to another level. And then Jason Jackson beat Yaroslav Amosov, who, to me, I, I was calling Yaroslav Amosov the best welterweight in the world coming into that. And I think maybe now I have to start calling Jason Jackson the best welterweight in the world. And I have, for a long time, championed Jason Jackson. I really, really, really have. Uh, and I picked him to lose this fight, and I was wrong. But I, I, I was I was wrong, but I was right. <laughs> I picked him out years ago as a top fighter, and by God, is he a top fighter? What a performance, and what a win here. So this, the top three fights in this were phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, and they contain my fighter of the year. And my fighter of the year in Bellator is Patchy Mix. No doubt about it, Patchy Mix, fighter of the year. What a year he's had. He's gone to another level. The, the level of fighters he's beaten, picking up the tournament, winning the big money, and still staying at it. What a year, what a fighter. Is he the best 135 pounder in the world? I don't think you can argue otherwise, to be honest. I, I, don't, I actually don't. I don't think O'Malley's is good. I don't think any of them boys are as good as uh, as Patchy Mix. He is phenomenal. And uh, my fighter of the year in Bellator, without a shadow of a doubt. Let's look forward. So, um, and... Look, we could do another 35-minute podcast on looking forward for, for Bellator. But let's just maybe touch on a few points. Right. <coughs> First of all, eight cards next year for Bellator. What are they going to look like? Like, are they going to be <coughs> the way classes the PFL don't have and nothing else? Or let's say PFL do, you know, have a lightweight tournament. Is Usman or Megamedov going to be in that? Or is he going to be fighting in... Uh, in Bellator 
uh, we need to find out that, right? Let's say AJ McKee, and AJ McKee is a bad example, but let's take him as the example anyway. Let's say the Tartar tournament with 16, 8, 12 people, whatever it might be, and AJ McKee's not in it. Are they going to put on a 155-pound fight for AJ McKee in Bellator to keep him active and all that? Those are the kind of questions I want to ask. And I'm sure the answer is yes for most of them. But I really want them answered. And I'm really looking forward to seeing the eight Bellator cards this year. But also the champion versus champion cards. I think for Bellator moving forward, that is a massive card. Because I think Bellator have a far superior roster than PFL. And especially at the top. And it's a massive thing for PFL to have bought Bellator. The amount of talent they have accrued uh, is is fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. But I think Bellator will decimate them on that. We really will. And maybe you know, maybe that's a podcast that uh, that I do and looking looking to the champion versus champion matchups and maybe how they will uh, how they will break down. <laughs> but uh, I I cannot wait for that. I think that's massive. And I think, do you know what? This is, I said at the start of the podcast, Bellator no longer kind of exists or whatever. They've gone defunct. They haven't, right? Bellator are still there. And I hope they stay there. I hope the PFL keep them around. I hope Don Davis keeps them around, not just for a year, not just for two years. I'm skeptical on whether that will happen. But I do like what Bellator have to offer. And I hope that they can keep it going as an alternative to the PFL, the tournaments and everything like that. Uh, I also hope they come back to Ireland. I think that is a big part of it. And I hope their champions can continue to flourish and continue to defend their titles and the people on the way up can fight against them, you know? So for Bellator, (coughs) my hope for the future is very different from everywhere else. My hope for the future is just living, (laughs) you know? I hope Bellator live. I hope they continue. I hope they aren't seen as some secondary organization to PFL and that they treat Bellator the way they should be treated. Now, I've heard a couple of things so far and, and a few people who mightn't be continuing with Bellator and I, I don't know, is that a good, some good signs? But you never know, things are always going to change, right? Things are always going to change uh, when when big uh, acquisitions like this happen or big mergers like this, hap- this happen. Uh, but I hope not too much. Bellator is a pretty good product. You know, they do pretty good stuff. And uh, I think PFL would be wise to use some of that. Um, so, yeah, that is my look ahead for the future. We obviously, it's funny, we, you know, sometimes maybe I look at who, what's the biggest fight going to be uh, or, you know, what's the biggest story going to be or any all of that. We don't know any of the fights. You know, the biggest fights are going to be the, the champion versus champion fights. The biggest story is going to be its existence. The biggest story is going to be what actually happens with it. And we don't know any of that. It's pure speculation. But, look, we have eight cards next year. We have the champions versus champions card. And I am really looking forward to it. So, um, that's it. That's the review of Bellator for 2023. I've enjoyed covering it. I know a lot of people have, have tuned in and, and watched the previews this year. And I'm very appreciative of it. And um, hopefully, 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 we have another one of these shows again next year. I leave it there. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you very much for tuning in all year. My name is Sean G and for SureDog.com, and I'll see you all next time.